Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we jump into the lesson, I want to remind you of some resources that are available at GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. There are a number of resources, but my new book, Survival Skills, was written for how people need to think during a crisis, how people need to think. I'm telling you right now in our society, in this world, it is a must-read. If you want a, a gift for somebody for Christmas that is just sort of traumatized, this is a book that would help them. Also, I have my new flash drive, which is every sermon I've preached over the last year. If you get that, you also get the uh, outlines if they were a Sunday morning one. And then on top of that, I have my new leadership curriculum, 17 lessons to take leaders through. And then I have um, my Twitter account that you can go to, and every day it's going to send you a leadership thought at uh, Gerald Brooks. Twitter. You can look it up there and and get it. Hey, today I want to talk to you about how a leader leads. We talk about leadership sometimes in a context of leading, but sometimes we don't break down what it is that a leader exactly does. So I want to navigate you through a few things today. How does a leader lead? When a leader is leading. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it seem like? What is it that a leader does? Now, some of these things are very intuitive to a leader because if you're a long-term leader like me, some of these things you've built, I mean, they are literally ingrained inside you. But if you're not, these begin to formulate some thoughts for you. But even more importantly, if you're trying to raise up another generation of leaders, you need to go over these because this is what happens when a leader leads. So how does a leader lead? First, a leader leads with their presence. A leader leads when with their presence. So when a leader leads, you're going to feel their presence. So I like to put it this way. When you're in the room, is the room better because you're there? See, when a leader is in the room, the room changes. When a leader is in the room, it begins to take on new dynamics. When a leader is in the room, they begin to create a leadership environment. So let me break that down for you. A leader leads with their presence. When they're in the room, that room is better. If the only time you lead is when you're on the stage, you're probably not a leader. And let me even dive into this. There's a lot of people who are communicators that aren't leaders. See, we have this idea that if you communicate, you're a leader. I know a lot of people who communicate that are not leaders. And fact, if you go to the bookstore, there's a lot of people who write books about leadership that have never let. See, A leader leads with their presence. A leader adds to the room. Let me start by saying one of the ways that a leader adds to the room is just with their posture. See, 
when a non-leader walks into the room, their posture is, hey, good, bad. Do I like it? Do I not like it? Am I enjoying this? Am I not enjoying this? How many of you have watched someone in the room that when they walk in, their posture is indifferent? It's just like, oh my goodness, you know, it's just sort of indifferent. But when a leader is in the room, their posture is moving them forward. You can tell that they are engaged. When they're in the room, whatever's going on, they're engaged. If it's a conversation, they're engaged. If it's someone speaking, they're engaged. If it's someone singing, they're engaged. If it's just the room happening, they're engaged. Their posture is there. So many people, when they're in the room, their posture is indifferent. It's like, oh, I don't care. You know, it doesn't really matter. I'm this or I'm that. When a leader's in the room, you can tell. Their posture is there. Secondly, their encouragement. When a leader's in the room, they're always encouraging the room to go further than it can possibly go. So let me take the venue that I lead from. As a pastor, when you're in the room and you're an encouragement, maybe you're not the person on stage, you are an encouragement. So when you're listening to someone on stage and they say something good, you say, man, that's a good thought. You begin to verbally voice out loud that that was good, that that was good. In my terminology, you say amen. When I'm in a room, I will say amen to things, not because they're new to me, not because I haven't heard them, but because they are necessary and they are important. And when you lead and you say amen, what you're doing is you're saying to people who don't know what's important, this is important. So if one of my team is is up in the uh, platform and they're communing, I'll say, that's good. And I'll say that out loud because I want other people to know I'm validating that thought. So a leader leads with their posture. When they walk in, they, they look engaged, whether they're saying nothing at all. There's nothing worse than looking down on the front row and looking at a leader's team, and it looks like they just don't care. And if you look like you just don't care, you probably don't care. So posture, encouragement, but then attention. You're giving attention to the room. You're seeing what is happening and what is not happening. You're wanting to not be a renter who's there, but an owner who is participating. And we have far too many people that are renting the moment instead of owning the moment. A leader is an owner. They are watching the room. So when I'm in the room, I'm paying attention, not just to what they're saying, but what are they doing? Why are they stepping this way? Why are they stepping that way? What is it that they're trying to communicate? It's posture, it's encouragement, and it is 
attention. You're giving attention to the room. There are times when you can look up there and you can see, hey, you know what? The person on the stage needs this. You see it before they ask. You can see that the room needs to add this. And so if that is a friend of yours up there, you want to engage by paying attention because you may be the person who says, hey, you know what? They need a tissue right now. Hey, they need a glass of water right now. Hey, they need this. Here's the thing. When a leader's in the room, they make it better. When you're in the room, is the room better? So it's posture. You walk in and you're engaged with your presence. It's encouragement. You're engaged with your words. It's attention. You're engaged with your mind. So you lead with your presence. Can you imagine what a room would be like if you had 10 to 15 people every time you were in that room who were leading with their presence? Can you imagine how that room begins to be advanced? Can you imagine how that room begins to be engaged? Can you imagine how that room reaches its potential and goes beyond what people thought that room could be? It's all because a leader is leading with their presence. And this is one of the things the young in leadership need to be taught. If the only time you're leading is when you're on the platform, you're probably not a leader. When you walk into the room, you lead with your presence. Number two, priorities. How does a leader lead? A leader leads with priorities. See, a leader reminds everyone what is important. They remind everyone what is important. See, when it comes to organizations, every organization faces headwinds. You hear about this when you're on the plane, that, that you're flying into headwinds, that you may be going seven, 800 miles an hour or whatever the speed of a plane is. I'm sorry, I don't know it. But you're going into a headwind that may be 150 miles an hour. Well, just the fact that you're trying to go into that headwind, there's some resistance. Well, every organization faces headwinds. These are external. They're things that happen around an organization that try to impede it. Maybe it's the economy. Right now, it could be, quote, the pandemic. Others, it could be the fact that uh, your community is going through a crisis, maybe a tornado or something like that has hit. But every organization faces headwinds. These are external. And every organization faces drag. Now, drag's a little bit different. If you're in a ship, what happens is, is you unfurl the sails and the wind's pushing you, but you have this drag. And what this drag is, is it's barnacles beneath the surface that have begun to build up and they're slowing the ship down. Well, headwinds are external. They are things that are happening around you. But 
Every organization faces drag. These are internal things that are happening inside the organization. So maybe it's a group of people who feel misunderstood and they have a bad attitude. Maybe it is that uh, you're running on the fumes of not having enough money to propel some things that you want. But here's the thing about a leader. When the organization faces headwinds or drag, the leaders stay on target. They don't let external or they don't let internal get them off target. So a leader creates focus by having priorities at the forefront. So when you're leading, what happens is when external things happen, you have priorities. Hey, we're doing this. When you're leading and there's drag, there's some internal uh, chaos going on, you stay focused because you have priorities. So how does a leader lead? A leader leads with their presence. I can't emphasize it enough. It is the lost skill of a leader. You give me a group of people that lead with their presence and a room will take off. A leader leads with their priorities. They begin to stay on target. They focus what is most critical and most important. And then a leader leads with their pace. Pace. See, an organization isn't going to run faster than the leader, but it's also not going to run longer than the leader. An organization isn't going to run faster than its leader, and it's not going to run longer than its leader. As a leader, you have to ask some questions about pace. Who runs what? So let's take the football team. You have your wide receiver that may run a 4-3 but you have your guard who may run a 5-2. You have your halfback that may run a 4-5. You have a quarterback who may run a 5. Who runs what tells you where you position them. You're not going to put a 5-2 guy out as your wide receiver. You're not going to put a 4-2 guy as your guard. You are going to place people according to the pace. Who runs what? You then ask this question, when do they run the fastest? When do they run the fastest? When is it that the organization is at top speed and it runs the fastest? When does that happen? When does that occur? And then when do they need a break from running? When do they need a break from running? See, this is all pace. Every organization has a pace. But let me be honest with you. I believe more people leave an organization because they have an inconsistent pace. Their pace doesn't match up. So the person who's running a marathon runs at a different pace than someone who's running the 100 meters. They run at a different pace. You're not going to take someone who runs the 100 meter 
and you're going to put them in an organization that runs a marathon. The leader sets the pace. They know that there's a pace that their organization can run. There is a speed that their organization can run. Now, they can go above that speed for a period of time. They can go below that speed for a period of time. But there is a normal speed that the organization, that is determined by the leader. There are times when the leader needs to say, hey, we need to run faster for this period of time. And there are times when the leader says, we need to run slower. And there are times when a leader will just look there and take a pause. So here's the thing. When it comes to leadership, you lead with your presence. You also lead with your priorities, but you lead with your pace. You set the pace of the organization. And so you have somebody who's a sprinter and you tend to be very methodical they're probably not going to work well. And like I said, more people leave an organization because of inconsistency of pace. They cannot match the right speed. Someone wants to run faster. Someone wants to run slower. So when you interview people, you're not just asking them skill questions. You're asking them pace questions. The next one is, is that you lead with perspective. You lead with perspective. See, leaders see what others do not see. Leaders see sooner than others see, and leaders see further than others see. Leaders bring perspective because they see what others don't see. They've trained their sight to see what others don't see, and they see it sooner, and they see it further out. A leader creates perspective. A leader is able to say, this is the what, but this is the why. This is the how, but this is the value. So as a leader, you create and you lead with perspective. You're always adding that degree of perspective. People are working hard, but they need to know why they're working hard. People are working fast, but they need to know why they're working fast. As a leader, you add perspective. They deal with the what, you deal with the why. They deal with the surface, you deal with the things that are beneath the surface. They see today, you see tomorrow, you bring perspective. So again, if you're going to lead, you lead with presence, you lead with priorities, you lead with pace, you lead with perspective. The next one, you lead people. See, your job is to lead people. If you're a leader, you don't lead a project, you lead people. If you're in a leadership position, it's not about the bottom line. It's about the people line. The best investment a leader ever makes is when they invest in other people. But the greatest investment they ever make 
is when they invest in leading and creating leaders in other people. So if you can create leadership in others, not whether you lead, but can you create leaders around you? That is when an organization has critical mass. That is when the velocity begins to operate at at the prime level. Why? Because you've invested in leaders. There's a lot of organizations that have a leader. But when you invest in people, you have many leaders. So it doesn't matter whether you're at the top of the organization, the middle of the organization, or the bottom of the organization. Where you're at, are you investing in leaders? You always bet on leadership. You're always betting on leadership. You're investing in people so they can be better leaders themselves. Not so that you look better as a leader, but so that they become better leaders. People are always your best investment. The next principle is positive. See, attitude always starts at the top. Attitude always starts with the leader, and then it should be migrating through other leaders. When the leader has a good attitude, others have good attitude. Now, let me just be honest with you. Just because you have a good attitude doesn't mean everyone else will have a good attitude. But I'll say this. If you have a bad attitude... It means that most everyone else is going to have a bad attitude. We always complain about the things we can't control. And we ignore the things we can't control. I don't control other people's attitudes. I do control mine. And I have the ability with my attitude to help an organization have capacity to move ahead or I have the ability to make an organization begin to stall out. So leaders are positive. They don't ignore facts. They just understand even bad facts, you can approach them in a positive way. So you begin to look and you understand that attitude starts at the top. And then prayer. There's never a time that I really teach on leadership that I don't come to this point. Because you have to lift the lid. And the way you lift the lid of an organization, the way you lift the lid for people, is you pray. There is no amount of talent that will take the place of prayer. There are no good ideas that substitute for prayer. There are no occasions that prayer isn't going to be helpful in. And I know some of you say, well, I'm a business leader. I can't pray over my business like you do at a church. No, but you can pray. And in private, you can pray so that you've prepared yourself and you've prayed for others so that they can be prepared. Leaders pray. And I've said it for decades. If you can't lead in prayer, 
you're probably not going to lead anywhere else. And you probably aren't going to lead long, and you for sure aren't going to lead for God. So prayer is one of those things where you take your organization and you make it more than natural. You make it supernatural. So let's go over them. Lead with your presence. When you walk in the room, does it change? Lead with your priorities. When other things are hitting you in the face, can you stay focused? Lead with the pace. Can you set a realistic pace given the talent that you have to move ahead and not stall out? Can you lead with perspective? Can you see what others don't see? Can you see sooner and can you see further? And can you add perspective of not just what, but why? And can you lead people? Can you invest in them so they are better off because they've been around you? And can you lead positively? Can you lead with your attitude? And then, can you lead with prayer? These are the ways that a leader leads. These are the way leadership takes life. You know what's interesting? In none of these did I talk about position. Because you can do all of these and not be on top of the organizational chart. You can do all of these and not be in the corner office or the C-suite. Why? Because leadership defines you. Leadership is important to you. You lead in these ways. The challenge in our society is that everyone wants to lead under the lights. They just don't want to lead in life. This is how a leader leads in life. Thank you so much for joining me. I really want to encourage you, if you could go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, the books there, survival keys. It is a great gift for somebody who maybe is struggling a little bit right now. Um, The flash drive on lessons, it will feed your soul. Uh, The leadership lessons, 17 uh, lessons, the leadership curriculum, they will help and they will assist you. I just want to encourage you, if you will, to go to look at the resources. And remember, you can get a leadership thought at Gerald Brooks. Twitter account. Just put it there. Uh, You know how you sign up. There's a little dash and everything there, and you'll be able to do that. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.